Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to Backchat our sister programme to The Backstory. I'm Claire Mutimer. And I'm Susie Coulson. This is our regular slot where we talk about the most recent episode of The Backstory. It's what we think, what you think, quite a lot of going off topic. Okay, Claire, so today we're talking about season three, episode three, a different kind of grief, Catherine and Joy's story. So this story is about these two women who have basically got together to run a support group for people who have lost a loved one to suicide. Yeah, that's right. They both lost a relative um, to suicide. Catherine lost her sister, Alison, in 2015. Mm. And Joy lost her son, Ian, 11 years ago. Um, both of them, um, both of their relatives had pre-existing mental health problems. Um, and they believe both of them could have been saved if only they'd had the right support. Um, they were both loved dearly. And these deaths have had a deep and profound impact on Joy and Catherine, as you can imagine. Yeah, um, yeah. And it really brought home to me, actually, the ripple effect of suicide. It's just horrendous and enormous. Um and hopefully the programme sort of illustrated that. Yeah, I think it did. And I think it raised a whole variety of topics. There are, you know, lots of things that I learnt straight off. Yeah, so maybe we should go straight into that kind of three things that we've learnt. Yep, okay. So what's your first thing? So I think the first one was that it was interesting that this it was a different kind of grief from any other death. And that was kind of a big point of the, of the programme, really, because... Um, it's different because there is often regret. Many relatives feel that they should have done something more. And the death is really complex. Mm. And I think when com- things are complex, they're very hard for like us humans to kind of um, process. Yeah, I, re- I remember years ago hearing that if your relationship with someone is, is quite straightforward, then you actually move through grief faster because right. you don't have all of those kind of unresolved questions to yeah. to work through. And so, so I that think it's when there's sense. yeah, when there's a lot of unresolved questions. Yeah. Um people can look back on photos and wonder if they weren't happy then. Like I I, I sort of think that must be so awful. Mm. Um it can feel like their whole relationship was kind of undermined because they didn't know this part of that, you know, of that person. Mm. And obviously a death is, of, is uh, by suicide is usually sudden, it's often unexpected and it can be violent. And these factors increase the degree of shock and trauma and and it's kind of just different from any other kind of bereavement. And it can also lead to tensions within the family because obviously people react differently. Yeah, and I guess that kind of links to my point, which is that sometimes the best person to 
to support someone who's bereaved in that way is someone else who's also suffered a similar bereavement because I guess only they really know how it feels you know that need to repeat things and go over the death again and again and again about your decisions and the things that you could have changed leading up to it you know I guess if you've also experienced that loss you you will understand somebody else's need to do that yeah I think during Catherine's like group they've set up empathy yeah that's exactly what that is for and like they both kind of said to me, uh, you know, about the repetition. It's just yes. the need to process that that kind of complex death is by talking about it endlessly and listening endlessly. And they both said that they don't mind listening endlessly yes. either, which obviously, you know, is the other side of, of wanting to talk about yeah. something endlessly. And I think like a lot of their relatives and friends kind of get to the point of like, oh my gosh, she's still talking about this. Yeah. You know? Whereas that's when the support group really kicks in because they're not, you know, people there don't mind listening again and again. Which and is you will know that, you know, as someone who's talking, you will know that that person who's listening to you gets why you're saying this again exactly. and again. Yeah. yeah. But also the thing that they said in the podcast about other people being proactive as friends and, you know, kind of the need for friends to keep in touch and, and for the suicide not to be stigmatised. I thought, you know, that's something we've talked about in other yeah. podcasts, in other back chats. Yeah, it and, keeps coming up, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like, it's it is really like a recurring like, theme, isn't it? It's you like, know? it's teaching us again and again. Like, And it's that thing of, uh, I think I think it was Catherine said, oh, some, you know, a lot of people said, oh, you know, get in touch if you need me. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm here I, if you need me. I could hear yeah. myself saying that. Yeah. And I just thought, God, it's such a passive thing to say yeah. that just, you know, obviously when you're feeling like that, you're not going to get in touch with people. Yeah. You need people to get in touch with you. So yeah. that was a big learning point, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my last point is is a hopeful one, I think. Suicide is preventable. And I think there's a sort of big movement kind of in that direction. It is a, you know, suicide is like a permanent solution to a, a temporary problem. And that isn't to underestimate the horrendous debilitating thoughts that depression can give you. Mm. But I've just completed the Zero Suicide Alliance training. And yep. so you yep, did it as well, too, didn't you? Yeah, um, And... I love the attitude of this, that any suicide is one too many. That And Norman Lamb, who you yes. interviewed recently, he lost his sister, didn't he, a few years ago to suicide yeah, and right. is a huge advocate for the zero suicide ambition and trying to get NHS Trust to sign up to that. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I thought the training that we did, I, I kind of feel like we should give a bit of a bit of explanation about what we got from that but also maybe a bit of a warning that it's I do think it's something that if you're going to complete it you just need to be mindful of your own welfare and you know yeah. make sure that that you're in an okay place and that you're feeling okay when you do it yeah I think the training is for people who are feeling good or okay and um, wanting to help people who aren't sort of thing that's definitely the, the way the training is coming from and yeah. it's the great thing about the training is it's a bit like you know the training that you see online or what have you for a kid choking yeah. or for someone having a heart attack it's it's a kind of actual positive things that we can do isn't it yeah, it's kind of skilling everybody up, isn't it? It's yeah. that, you know, almost, you know, as as we should be doing, thinking of mental health as we do any other health issue and just thinking, actually, we need to learn about this stuff so that we're equipped to support somebody if we notice anything. Yeah. So should we just go through the training very, very briefly? Yeah. Okay. Not, this isn't going to turn into a public health no, podcast, no, no. we promise. <laughs> Definitely not. But first thing is it teaches you to see the signs 
Um, so, you know, if somebody um, just seems down, maybe if they're taking a lot of time off work or, you know, if you just notice something, then to notice those signs and then importantly, to say something. So, you know, to actually feel OK to make contact with the person and, and ask them how they're feeling and, and you know, even ask them if they're feeling suicidal. Yes. And that bit was really interesting because... It was very clear about being very clear, mm. wasn't it? It was like, don't beat about the bush yeah, too much. Don't absolutely. say something like, are you going to do something a bit silly or yeah. anything like that? Like, it's like, don't undermine it. Just say, say it out straight. Do you feel, you know, are you perhaps feeling suicidal? Yeah, because people are really reluctant to use that word, aren't they? Yeah, because it's, it's, you know, it's got such a stigma around it. Hasn't yeah, it? but also I think people worry that if they say that, they're going to put the thought in somebody's mind and actually, yeah. you know, you're it's not. either there or it isn't. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and lastly, signposts, get them help by either getting them to a GP or A&E, or if it's less severe, then putting them in touch with some support groups or organisations. Yeah, yeah. So I found it really helpful to to have that kind of clear information because, you know, way too many people are dying of suicide. And, you know, I know particularly amongst men, I think you found some stats, didn't you? Like 45% of men don't talk about having, you know, the depression that they're having and men under 50 are more likely to die of suicide than any other single cause, such as road traffic accidents, which is just absolutely yeah. horrendous. But what I like about the training is that it's not focusing on saying to people who are feeling very low, you know, you must talk, you must get help. It's actually skilling us up as a society so that collectively, we yeah. all feel a bit more able to to start those conversations with people and and you know hopefully overall it becomes easier then for people to talk yeah exactly so if you if you're interested in doing the training um we're going to put the link on our website yeah, and yeah, it takes about 20 and minutes in the show notes yeah so this season i think it's fair to say claire that we've had some really tough subjects we yeah had, yeah we feel like we put our listeners through the through the mill a the little mill bit, bit yeah. yeah and you know we recognize that we've you know we've talked about rape and we've talked about suicide and we do recognize that they are very very difficult subjects we're coming to the end of season three and we would love to get your feedback on which stories you're enjoying which stories you aren't if you look throughout our back catalogue you'll see you know all of the other stuff that we've covered we're just completely fascinated by stories about real life. But I think coming up in some of the stories we've got in the pipeline, we're going to have some more upbeat ones. So, you know, we look forward to to bringing you those as well. Yeah, exactly. We're not, this season isn't over yet. We've got another one next week, but um, and we're still after a swingers story. You're, <laughs> you're completely obsessed by swingers. Well, it's the only one my husband will listen to. <laughs> <laughs> he tells me so yeah that subject's got to feature soon okay okay um so yeah if if, if you or somebody you know is a swinger please get in contact um, yeah, we're, we're genuinely interested okay okay so podcast recommendations what have you been listening to this week Susie I've been listening well if you listen to podcasts you may have heard this one advertised it's called this sounds serious and it's basically a send-up of the true crime genre so it's a send-up of things like serial okay um I've only listened to a couple and, you know, it, it's not kind of laugh out loud, but it's very, it is very clever the way that it mimics the the style, you know, with the, the tone of voice and the pauses and so on. So if you're familiar with those sorts of podcasts, I think you'll enjoy it. You know, it, it's, it's definitely 
definitely worth a listen to. Yeah, I've been listening to The High Low with Dolly Alderton and Pandora Sykes, which stands for high and low brow, apparently. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's a real delicious mix of news and pop culture, and it feels like they bring you up to date with what you need to know for the weekend kind of thing. Okay. Um, so yeah, have a listen. Yeah, well, okay. So this is Mental Health Awareness Week, which is part of the reason why we put this programme out now. So Claire, do you know what's going on for the week? Well... My finger is almost on that mental health awareness button. Uh, no, <laughs> um, the week is organised by the Mental Health Foundation, um, and they focus on stress this year. Um, a huge contributor to depression and anxiety, etc., and something we can control to a certain extent in our lives. Apparently, <laughs> um, okay, when luck. you're trying to produce a podcast and <laughs> have a family and juggle lots of plates, uh, yeah, it can be quite tricky. Okay. Um, so yeah, it basically says when it's, uh, I think with stress, it's just about identifying the causes and reviewing your lifestyle. Okay. So what sort of things kind of, if you're taking on. Yeah, I, I think know, it's stuff like, like if you're taking on, taking on too, much. too much, maybe like, it's about delegating. Oh, um, so we'll, we'll just delegate to, to a sound mixer and. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I was like, yeah, there's, there's delegation. And then there's just like looking around you realising there's two small children and no one to delegate to. <laughs> but yeah, there's, um, can you do things in a more leisurely way, they said. Like, yeah. I was like, well, uh, what? But yeah, basically, I think it's about kind of sometimes reassessing things a little bit. I mean, I don't know. What makes you stressed? I get very stressed when I feel as though I've got too much to do. Yeah. That feeling of I'm doing everything badly. So have you got any sort of ways of kind of overcoming stress? Yeah, that that idea of um, drawing a distinction between what needs to be done and what you would like to be done. I think sometimes when when your to do list feels as though it's just getting bigger and bigger, actually identifying the things that that you really need to do and the rest of it don't stress about it it's that they're, they're all just extras yeah um I mean actually a to-do list in itself I find really helpful just because yeah but to-do lists I mean I I live by lists you know that I live by lists <laughs> I, I absolutely adore them but they do have a tendency to grow oh god and yeah. I think that you know that's part of the danger you put on all of the stuff that you would like to get done and then yeah. you feel bad for not getting it done so actually just remembering that it, that's not necessary and and it's fine that I find that very helpful how about you what sort of things help you uh I think like basically kind of sometimes just being able to do something outside or exercise it's all mm. those sort of classic stuff really like going you know being back out in the countryside will like relax me get taking mm. the dog for a walk or um at the moment I'm doing Joe Wick's 90 day challenge oh, and okay. so by doing like exercise every morning um sometimes it's really relaxing and sometimes I've got both kids like trying to climb on me at the same time yeah my dog always comes and lies on my exercise mat when I'm trying to they all want to, to get on the exercise mat yeah, basically it's like it yeah. becomes this absolute focal point it's like I just want to be able to get on the mat I mean yeah. like this exercise shouldn't be so hard yeah, like, yeah. I plank every night that, that doesn't sound right <laughs> But I plank every night and while I'm planking, um, my dog and my youngest child like to crawl underneath me. So yeah, yeah not relaxing, but hey ho. Um also has so I, I looked into these kind of apps to help anxiety okay. and stress. Yeah. I, I've actually have you ever used one? Yeah, I have. I used um I used the Headspace app, which is a kind of mindfulness app. And it was really good, actually. I was quite sceptical. And I think it's definitely one of those things that isn't a silver bullet. You know, I think it's you use it once, you're not going to suddenly feel better. And I think maybe that's why people discard them after a while. But yeah. I found that 
once I'd been using it, consi- I, I'm not still using it, I hasten to add, but <laughs> for a while I used it consistently every night. And yeah, I think it, you know, it tips the balance a little bit in the positive direction. So okay. I, I think those things have something to them. And yeah, I've read about super better for people who find therapy a bit too formal and daunting. Okay. And that turns like daily tasks into a game. Focused. Oh, so much stuff is being gamified I know. now, isn't it? Focus on increased thing. mental resilience. Okay. Um, and there's something called Pacifica as well, which helps to manage anxiety or stress with daily goals and experiments. And I guess it's just a question of finding whatever works for you, finding yeah. something that fits. I mean, my only qualm with these kind of apps is that it's more time on the phone or tablet and it's possibly the source of your stress anyway. And if there are other things coming up on your phone at the same time, then, you know, uh, sometimes it's just best to turn the phone off and go for a walk or yeah. go and do something completely separate from the phone. I do think that really, I think phones do cause, you know, a, a large amount of stress. I agree. But and they're also really useful. They are for yeah. listening to podcasts. Yeah. Things exactly. like that. Yeah. Okay. So in next week's episode, we'll be hearing from Tiff Youngs, who was diagnosed with cancer four years ago. As wife of the England rugby player Tom Youngs, her illness became public knowledge. Last year, she found out that the cancer was terminal. And with a little girl of four, the news was particularly devastating. So I just said, you know, mummy hasn't been very well. I said, unfortunately, mummy's got to go to heaven. And she was like, Oh, and daddy's going to look after you and the grannies and grandpas. And um, she was like, oh, okay. So I never see mummy again. Less than a year later, she went into hospital feeling ill and had a scan to find out that the cancer was in remission. Claire talks to Tiff about what it's like to find out that you're going to die and then what it's like to find out that you're going to live. Please join us on Tuesday, the 22nd of May for this brand new backstory and for Backchat next Friday. As ever, we'd love to hear your thoughts and comments about this in all the usual ways. We are The Backstory Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at The Backstory Pod on Twitter. Thank you so much to everyone who's left reviews on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe and recommend us on social media. We're off to the British Podcast Awards this weekend, so please do vote for us in the listener's choice at thebritishpodcastawards.com slash vote. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to our sponsor, Paola Comiskey, decorative artist. If you're looking to create something unique in your home, then get in touch at paolacomiskey.com. Follow the link on our website. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.